Hey there, welcome to Vet Kenny Prep. Time to gear up for the Navly with our curated set of questions and insightful answers. Brought to you by Vet Kenny's new podcast, Zombie Invasion. Learn how to survive the end of the world with this new dramatic scripted series. Check it out at myvetcandy.com. Now let's dive into some practice questions. Question one, ammonia management in aquatic systems. A freshwater aquarium housing a collection of tropical fish exhibits increased levels of ammonia. Which of the following statements best explains the toxicity of ammonia in aquatic environments? A. Ionized ammonia, NH4+, is more toxic to fish than unionized ammonia, NH3, due to its ability to cross gill membranes more easily. V. Unionized ammonia, NH3, is more toxic to fish than ionized ammonia, NH4+, because it diffuses across gill membranes and disrupts physiological processes. C. Ammonia toxicity is not influenced by the pH and temperature of the water. D. Unionized and ionized forms of ammonia are equally toxic to aquatic life. The correct answer is B. Unionized ammonia, NH3, is more toxic to fish than ionized ammonia, NH4+, because it diffuses across gill membranes and disrupts physiological processes. The explanation for the correct answer is Unionized ammonia, NH3, is lipophilic, allowing it to easily diffuse across biological membranes such as the gills of fish. Once inside the organism, NH3 disrupts cellular function by altering pH levels and interfering with biochemical processes. This makes NH3 significantly more toxic to aquatic life compared to its ionized counterpart, NH4+, which is less able to permeate through biological membranes due to its charged nature. Explanation for incorrect answers are A. Ionized ammonia, NH4+, is less toxic because its charge prevents easy passage through biological membranes, making this statement incorrect. C. The toxicity of ammonia is significantly influenced by the water's pH and temperature, as higher pH levels increase the proportion of NH3, and higher temperatures can increase ammonia toxicity by enhancing its diffusion rate. Thus, this statement is incorrect. D. The two forms of ammonia have different levels of toxicity, with NH3 being more toxic than NH4+. This makes the statement incorrect. Question 2. Anemia in aquatic animals. Which of the following is a common cause of anemia in fish? A. Excessive feeding. B. High stocking density. C. Chronic exposure to low levels of chlorine. D. Nutritional deficiencies. The correct answer is D. Nutritional deficiencies. The explanation for the correct answer is Nutritional deficiencies, particularly of vitamins and minerals essential for red blood cell production, are a common cause of anemia in fish. Lack of iron, vitamin B12, and folic acid can lead to decreased red blood cell synthesis, manifesting as anemia. Explanation for incorrect answers are A. Excessive feeding can lead to obesity and water quality issues, not directly to anemia. B. High stocking density can cause stress and increase susceptibility to diseases, which might indirectly affect anemia but is not a direct cause. C. Chronic exposure to low levels of chlorine primarily affects gill structure and function leading to respiratory distress rather than directly causing anemia. Question 3. Anesthesia in aquatic animals. 
EMS-222, tricane methansulfonate, is commonly used for anesthesia in fish. Which of the following statements about EMS-222 is correct? A. It is effective at any pH level without adjustments. V. It does not require the use of a buffering agent to maintain efficacy and safety. C. It is only effective for anesthesia in saltwater species. D. It requires the use of a buffering agent, such as sodium bicarbonate, to maintain efficacy and safety due to pH changes it induces in water. The correct answer is D. It requires the use of a buffering agent, such as sodium bicarbonate, to maintain efficacy and safety due to pH changes it induces in water. Explanation for correct answer. EMS-222 acidifies the water, which can stress or harm fish if not buffered. Adding sodium bicarbonate neutralizes the pH, ensuring the anesthetic is effective and safe for use in aquatic animals. Explanation for the incorrect answers are A. The efficacy of EMS-222 is pH-dependent, requiring adjustments to ensure safety and effectiveness. B. The use of a buffering agent is necessary to counteract the pH-lowering effects of EMS-222. C. EMS-222 is effective in both freshwater and saltwater species, provided it is properly preferred and dosed according to the species requirements. Question 4. Bacterial infections in aquatic animals. Which bacterium is commonly associated with saddleback lesions in fish? A. Aeromoners hydrophila. B. Columnaris also known as Flavobacterium columnare, C. Mycobacteriosis, D. Vibriosis. The correct answer is, D. Columnaris, Flavobacterium columnare. The explanation for correct answer is, Columnaris disease, caused by Flavobacterium columnare, is known for creating saddleback lesions, especially around the dorsal fin area of fish. These lesions are characterized by their necrotic appearance, often leading to secondary infections. Explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Aeromonas hydrophila is associated with ulcers and hemorrhagic septicemia, not specifically saddleback lesions. C. Mycobacteriosis causes chronic wasting and skin lesions, but not the characteristic saddleback lesions. D. Vibriosis can cause a variety of symptoms, including skin ulcers and abdominal swelling, but not specifically saddleback lesions. Question 5. Chlorine-slash-chloramine toxicity in aquatic animals. What is the immediate treatment for fish exposed to chlorine or chloramine toxicity? A. Increase water temperature to speed up chlorine evaporation. B. Administer antibiotics to prevent secondary infections. C. Perform a partial water change and add a dechlorinator that neutralizes chlorine and chloramine. D. Increase aeration to enhance oxygen levels and facilitate chlorine removal. The correct answer is C. Perform a partial water change and add a dechlorinator that neutralizes chlorine and chloramine. The explanation for correct answer is the immediate treatment for chlorine or chloramine exposure involves diluting the toxicant through a partial water change and using a chemical dechlorinator that specifically neutralizes both chlorine and chloramine, providing rapid relief from toxicity. Explanation for the incorrect answers are A. 
Increasing water temperature could potentially increase the toxicity of chlorine by enhancing its reactivity, making this approach risky. V. While antibiotics may be necessary for treating secondary infections resulting from compromised health, they do not address the immediate toxic effects of chlorine or chloramine. D. Increasing aeration can improve oxygen levels, but does not effectively remove chlorine or chloramine from the water. Question 6. Copper toxicity in aquatic environments. In treating a marine aquarium for a parasitic infection, a veterinarian prescribes copper-based medication. Which of the following is a critical consideration to prevent copper toxicity in the fish? A. Regularly increasing the water temperature to enhance the efficacy of copper. B. Using carbon filtration continuously during treatment. C. Monitoring and maintaining precise copper concentrations through regular testing. D. Increasing aeration to reduce the copper levels in the water. The correct answer is C. Monitoring and maintaining precise copper concentrations through regular testing. The explanation for correct answer is Copper treatments require careful dosing and monitoring to ensure therapeutic levels are effective against parasites but do not reach toxic levels for the fish. Copper accumulates in the aquarium environment, and its toxicity can vary widely among different aquatic species, making regular testing crucial to avoid toxicity. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Increasing water temperature does not mitigate the risk of copper toxicity and can actually increase the metabolic rate of fish, potentially exacerbating the toxic effects. V. While carbon filtration can remove some copper, relying solely on this during treatment could unpredictably reduce medication levels, making it an inadequate precaution against toxicity. D. Increasing aeration does not effectively remove copper from water and thus does not prevent toxicity. Question 7. Dissolved oxygen management in aquatic systems. What is a common sign of low dissolved oxygen levels in an aquatic environment? A. Fish are frequently seen near the water surface gasping for air. V. Increased algae growth. C. Water becomes noticeably cooler. D. Fish show increased interest in feeding. The correct answer is A. Fish are frequently seen near the water surface gasping for air. The explanation for the correct answer is When dissolved oxygen levels are low, fish may exhibit signs of respiratory distress. One common behavior is gasping at the water's surface, where oxygen concentrations are higher due to atmospheric exchange. This indicates an urgent need for oxygen, and the explanation for the incorrect answers are V. Algae growth is more directly influenced by nutrients and light, not dissolved oxygen levels. C. Water temperature influences dissolved oxygen levels, but cooler water actually holds more oxygen, making this a misleading sign. D. Low oxygen levels typically reduce fish activity, including feeding, due to energy conservation needs. Question 8. Gas supersaturation in aquatic environments. Which of the following conditions is most likely to lead to gas bubble disease in fish? A. Sudden increase in water temperature. B. Rapid decrease in atmospheric pressure. C. Introduction of cold water into a warm tank. T. Excessive aeration at high pressures. The correct answer is T. Excessive aeration at high pressures. 
The explanation for the correct answer is gas bubble disease occurs when excessive dissolved gases, nitrogen, oxygen, in the water form bubbles in the blood and tissues of fish due to supersaturation. Excessive aeration, especially at high pressures, can lead to supersaturation of these gases, causing the condition. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. A sudden increase in water temperature would decrease the solubility of gases, not increase it, making gas bubble disease less likely. V. A rapid decrease in atmospheric pressure can affect dissolved gases, but it's less common in controlled aquatic environments and not as directly linked to supersaturation caused by human intervention. C. Introducing cold water can increase oxygen levels, but does not typically cause gas supersaturation to the point of inducing gas bubble disease without excessive pressure. Question 9. Hyposalinity slash hypersalinity in aquatic environments. What is the primary mechanism by which sudden changes in salinity, either hyposalinity or hypersalinity, affect fish in an aquatic environment? A. Immediate changes in swimming behavior due to discomfort. V. Disruption of gill function and impaired gas exchange. C. Osmotic stress leading to cellular dehydration or swelling. T. Altered pH levels causing metabolic disturbances. The correct answer is C. Osmotic stress leading to cellular dehydration or swelling. The explanation for that correct answer is Fish are osmoregulators that actively maintain the balance of salts and water in their bodies. Sudden changes in environmental salinity cause osmotic stress, leading to cellular dehydration in a hypersaline environment or cellular swelling in a hyposaline environment. This disrupts their internal osmotic balance, affecting their overall physiology. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. While changes in swimming behavior might occur, it's a secondary response to the primary osmotic stress experienced at the cellular level. B. Gill function and gas exchange may be affected over time, but the immediate and primary impact is osmotic stress. D. Altered pH levels can be a stressor in aquatic environments, but they are not the primary mechanism by which salinity changes affect fish. Question 10. Lymphocystis disease in fish. Which of the following best describes the etiology of lymphocystis disease in fish? A. Bacterial infection caused by Eremoners hydrophila. B. Viral infection caused by a member of the family Eridoviridae. C. Parasitic infestation, particularly by protozoans. D. Fungal infection similar to saprolignosis. The correct answer is B. Viral infection caused by a member of the family Iridoviridae. The explanation for the correct answer is Lymphocystis is a viral disease caused by a virus belonging to the family Iridoviridae. It is characterized by the development of large, wart-like growths on the skin, fins, and occasionally internal organs of infected fish. The disease is generally not fatal but can cause significant morbidity in affected populations. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Eremoners hydrophila causes bacterial infections, leading to conditions like ulcers and hemorrhagic septicemia, not lymphocystis. C. While parasitic protozoans can cause various diseases in fish, they are not responsible for lymphocystis, which is viral. D. Fungal infections like saprolignosis result in cotton-like growths. 
distinct from the wart-like lesions seen in lymphocystis. Question 11. Neoplage in aquatic animals. Fibrosarcomine goldfish. Which statement best describes the management of fibrosarcomine goldfish? A. Antibiotic treatment is generally effective in resolving fibrosarcomas. B. Surgical removal is the preferred treatment option, if feasible. C. Fibrosarcomas in goldfish resolve spontaneously without intervention. D. Vaccination against fibrosarcoma is widely available and recommended. The correct answer is B. Surgical removal is the preferred treatment option, if feasible. The explanation for the correct answer is Fibrosarcoma in goldfish, as with many neoplasias in fish, is best managed through surgical intervention. If the tumor is located where surgery is feasible and the fish is a good candidate for anesthesia and surgery, this approach can potentially cure the disease or significantly prolong the quality of life of the affected fish. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Antibiotics do not affect fibrosarcomas as they are not caused by bacteria but are a type of cancer. C. Fibrosarcomas do not typically resolve without intervention and can grow to impair the health and mobility of the fish. D. There is no vaccination available for fibrosarcoma in goldfish. Prevention focuses on maintaining good water quality and minimizing stress. Question 12. Nitrate toxicity in aquatic systems. What is a common sign of chronic nitrate toxicity in aquarium fish? A. Rapid gill movement and gasping at the surface. V. Immediate cessation of feeding and rapid weight loss. C. Brown blood disease. D. Decreased growth rates and reproductive failures. The correct answer is D. Decreased growth rates and reproductive failures. Explanation for the correct answer is chronic exposure to elevated nitrate levels can lead to decreased growth rates and reproductive failures in fish. Nitrates are less toxic than nitrites, but can affect the overall health and vitality of the aquarium inhabitants over time, especially at high concentrations. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Rapid gill movement and gasping are more indicative of acute oxygen deprivation or nitrite toxicity. B. Immediate cessation of feeding and rapid weight loss are not typical signs of nitrate toxicity, which tends to have more subtle chronic effects. C. Round blood disease is caused by nitrite toxicity, not nitrate toxicity, affecting the ability of fish blood to carry oxygen. Question 13. Nitrite toxicity in aquatic systems, new tank syndrome. What is the best immediate action to take when experiencing a spike in nitrite levels, commonly referred to as new tank syndrome? A. Increase the tank temperature to speed up the nitrogen cycle. B. Perform a large water change and add nitrifying bacteria. C. Add a large quantity of salt to neutralize the nitrites. D. Remove all fish from the tank until nitrite levels are indetectable. The correct answer is B. Perform a large water change and add nitrifying bacteria. The explanation for correct answer is Performing a water change can immediately reduce nitrite concentrations, and adding nitrifying bacteria helps establish or support the biological filtration needed to efficiently convert nitrites to less harmful nitrates, addressing the root cause of new tank syndrome. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are 
A. Increasing the tank temperature could increase the metabolic rate of fish, increasing their sensitivity to nitrites. C. Adding salt in moderate amounts can help mitigate nitrite toxicity by reducing nitrite uptake through the gills, but it's a temporary solution and not as effective as addressing the nitrogen cycle imbalance. T. Removing all fish from the tank is impractical and does not solve the underlying problem of the immature biofilter. Question 14. Parasites in aquatic animals, monogenia, argulus, and lernia. Which treatment is most effective for managing a mixed infestation of monogenia, argulus, and lernia in a freshwater aquarium? A. Broad-spectrum antiparasitic medication specific to protozoans. B. Increasing water temperature to speed up the parasite's life cycle. C. Manual removal followed by treatment with a suitable parasiticide. D. Exclusive use of ultraviolet. UV. Sterilization to kill free swimming stages. The correct answer is C. Manual removal followed by treatment with a suitable parasiticide. The explanation for the correct answer is for external parasites like monogenia, flatworms, argulus, fish lice, and lernia, anchorworms. Manual removal of visible parasites, followed by treatment with an effective parasiticide, can directly reduce the parasite burden and address both adult and larval stages in the environment. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. While broad-spectrum antiparasitics are useful, those specific to protozoans would not be effective against these particular ectoparasites. V. Increasing water temperature may speed up the life cycle of some parasites, but does not directly treat the infestation and may stress the fish. D. UV sterilization can help control free swimming stages of parasites, but is not effective against parasites already attached to the host or those with direct life cycles. Question 15. pH management in aquatic systems. What is the most effective long-term strategy for managing pH in an aquarium to prevent sudden shifts that could stress aquatic animals? A. Regular addition of pH buffers to maintain stability. V. Frequent large water changes. C. Use of chemical pH adjusters as needed. D. Maintaining a consistent biological filtration system and substrate choice. The correct answer is D. Maintaining a consistent biological filtration system and substrate choice. The explanation for the correct answer is A. Consistent biological filtration system and the choice of substrate can naturally stabilize the pH over the long term by buffering the water and ensuring the nitrogen cycle is balanced. This approach prevents sudden pH changes that can stress or harm aquatic life. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are a. While pH buffers can help maintain stability, they are more of a short-term solution and can lead to dependency or fluctuating water chemistry if not managed carefully. V. Frequent large water changes can cause stress by causing sudden changes in water chemistry, including pH. C. Chemical pH adjusters provide immediate correction but do not address the underlying causes of pH instability and can lead to swings in pH levels. Question 16. Protozoal disease in aquatic animals, Ichthyotherius and Kreptocarion. Which of the following treatments is effective for both Ichthyotherius multifiliis in freshwater fish and Kryptocarion iridans in marine fish? A. 
Treatment with copper-based medications at species-specific concentrations. V. Immediate removal of all fish to a dry tank for 24 hours. C. Increase in water temperature to 30 degrees Celsius, 86 degrees Fahrenheit, for 10 days. D. Exclusive use of salt baths for 30 minutes daily. The correct answer is A. Treatment with copper-based medications at species-specific concentrations. The explanation for the correct answer is Copper-based medications are effective against a wide range of protozoal diseases, including both Ichthyotherius multifiliis, Ich, in freshwater environments, and Cryptocarion irritans in marine settings. The key is adjusting the concentration of copper to the specific needs and tolerance of the species being treated. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are B. Removing fish to a dry tank does not address the parasitic infection and can severely stress or harm the fish. C. Increasing water temperature can speed up the life cycle of Ichthyotherius multifiliis, making it more susceptible to treatment. But it's not universally effective against cryptocarion irritants and can stress some species. D. Salt baths can be beneficial for freshwater fish against it but are not applicable for marine fish infected with cryptocarion due to their already high salt environment. Question 17. Swim bladder syndrome in fish. Which of the following is a common cause of swim bladder disease in ornamental fish? A. Chronic exposure to low temperatures. V. Overaeration of the water. C. High nitrate levels in the water. D. Overfeeding and poor water quality. The correct answer is D. Overfeeding and poor water quality. Explanation for the correct answer. Overfeeding can lead to swim bladder disease by causing digestive tract blockages and increasing the production of internal gas, affecting buoyancy. Poor water quality exacerbates stress and can contribute to infections that affect the swim bladder. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. While chronic exposure to low temperatures can slow metabolism and potentially contribute to swim bladder issues, it's not as direct a cause as overfeeding and poor water quality. B. Overaeration does not directly cause swim bladder disease. It may actually improve water quality by increasing oxygen levels. C. High nitrate levels can stress fish and lead to overall health degradation but are not a direct common cause of swim bladder disease. Question 18. Temperature management in aquatic systems. What is the primary reason for maintaining a stable temperature within the specific range required for a particular aquatic species? A. To prevent the formation of ice crystals in the water. B. To ensure optimal metabolic rates and enzymatic activity. C. To increase the solubility of oxygen in the water. D. To inhibit the growth of all types of pathogenic organisms. The correct answer is B. To ensure optimal metabolic rates and enzymatic activity. The explanation for the correct answer is The primary reason for maintaining species-specific temperature ranges is to ensure that metabolic rates and enzymatic activities are optimized for the health and well-being of the aquatic organisms. Temperature influences metabolism, digestion, and overall physiological processes in fish. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. 
Preventing ice formation is not the primary concern in most aquarium or aquaculture settings, as these environments are usually controlled to avoid such extremes. C. While temperature does affect oxygen solubility, with colder water holding more oxygen, this is not the primary reason for specific temperature maintenance. D. Temperature management can influence pathogen growth, but it is primarily aimed at supporting the health of the aquatic species, not directly inhibiting pathogens. Question 19. Trauma in aquatic animals. What is the most appropriate initial response to a fish with a minor physical injury? A. Immediate application of a topical antibiotic to the wound. B. Isolation in a quarantine tank with optimized water conditions. C. Administration of systemic antibiotics in the water. D. Treatment with a broad-spectrum antifungal medication. The correct answer is B. Isolation in a quarantine tank with optimized water conditions. The explanation for the correct answer is Isolating the injured fish in a quarantine tank with optimized water conditions helps prevent secondary infections and reduces stress, allowing the fish to heal in a controlled environment. This approach also protects other fish from potential spread of disease. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Topical antibiotics are difficult to apply effectively on fish and are not the first step in managing minor injuries. C. Systemic antibiotics are not the first line of treatment for minor injuries and should be used based on specific diagnoses and risks of bacterial infections. D. Antifungal medications are not indicated unless there is a specific diagnosis of fungal infection associated with the injury. Question 20. True fungal infection in aquatic animals. Aspergillus. Which treatment is most effective for aspergillus infections in aquatic animals? A. Increasing the water temperature to inhibit fungal growth. B. Treatment with antifungal medications, such as iroconazole. C. Vaccination against aspergillus species. D. Administration of broad-spectrum antibiotics. The correct answer is B. Treatment with antifungal medications, such as iroconazole. The explanation for the correct answer is any fungal medications, like iroconazole, are effective against true fungal infections, including those caused by Aspergillus species. These medications target the fungal cells while sparing the host fish, providing a targeted approach to treatment. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Increasing water temperature may not inhibit fungal growth and could stress the infected animal. C. There are no vaccines available for Aspergillus infections in fish. D. Antibiotics target bacteria, not fungi, and would not be effective against aspergillus infections. Question 21. Types of filtration in aquatic systems. What is the primary purpose of biofiltration in aquatic systems? A. To remove chemical contaminants through activated carbon. B. To mechanically remove particulate matter from the water. C. To convert ammonia to nitrate via beneficial bacteria. D. To sterilize water by killing pathogens with UV light. The correct answer is C. To convert ammonia to nitrate via beneficial bacteria. The explanation for the correct answer is Biofiltration uses colonies of beneficial bacteria to convert harmful ammonia produced by fish waste into less harmful nitrate, 
This process is crucial for maintaining water quality and preventing ammonia toxicity in aquatic environments. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Activated carbon is used in chemical filtration to remove chemical contaminants, not in biofiltration. V. Mechanical filtration removes particulate matter, not the process of biofiltration which deals with ammonia conversion. D. UV sterilization is a method of controlling pathogens in water and is not related to the conversion of ammonia to nitrate. Question 22. Viral infection in aquatic animals. Spring viremia of carp and Coiharpes virus. Which statement is true regarding the management of viral infections like spring viremia of carp and Coiharpes virus in aquatic settings? A. Immediate treatment with broad-spectrum antivirals is effective. V. Vaccination programs are widely available and recommended for all species. C. Management primarily involves supportive care and biosecurity measures. D. Increasing water temperature can reliably eliminate the virus from the environment. The correct answer is C. Management primarily involves supportive care and biosecurity measures. The explanation for the correct answer is for viral infections such as spring viremia of carp and koi herpes virus, there are no effective antiviral treatments available for direct use in the water. Management focuses on supportive care for affected fish and implementing strict biosecurity measures to prevent the spread of the virus. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Broad-spectrum antivirals are not typically effective or available for use in treating these viral infections in aquatic environments. V. While there are vaccines for some specific diseases, widespread vaccination programs for all species, especially for these viruses, are not available. D. Increasing water temperature does not eliminate these viruses and may not be suitable for all species or situations. Question 23. Water mold infection in aquatic animals. Saprolegnia. Which treatment approach is recommended for dealing with saprolegnia, water mold, infections in fish? A. Treatment with salt baths at specific concentrations. V. Use of UV sterilization to kill the mold spores in the water. C. Application of antifungal medications, such as malachite green. T. Increasing aeration to reduce the mold's growth rate. The correct answer is C. Application of antifungal medications, such as malachite green. The explanation for the correct answer is, antifungal medications, including malachite green, are effective in treating saprolegnia infections. These medications target the fungal elements of the mold, helping to resolve infections in aquatic animals. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are, A. Salt baths can help with some infections but are not the primary treatment for water mold infections. V. UV sterilization can help control spores in the water but may not be sufficient alone to treat established infections on the fish. D. Increasing aeration can improve overall water quality but is not a direct treatment for saprolegnia infections. Question 24. Zinc toxicity in aquatic systems. What is the most common source of zinc toxicity in aquariums? A. Natural accumulation in the water from fish waste. B. Use of certain types of metal pipes or fittings. C. Overuse of fish food containing high levels of zinc. D. Introduction of contaminated decorations or substrates. The correct answer is 
B. Use of certain types of metal pipes or fittings. The explanation for correct answer is Zinc toxicity often arises from the use of galvanized pipes or fittings, which can leach zinc into the water. This metal can be toxic to aquatic life, particularly at high concentrations. And the explanation for the incorrect answers are A. Fish waste does not naturally accumulate zinc to toxic levels. C. While fish food can contain zinc, it is not typically at levels that would lead to toxicity through overuse. D. Contaminated decorations or substrates could potentially introduce zinc, but the most common source is from the aquarium's plumbing materials. And that's all for this session of Vet Kenny Prep. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up with the latest in vet med. Swing by our other vet, Candy Navli Prep resources at myvetcandy.com backslash prep to help you ace your exam. See you around.